Let's do it. Parry Talks. Welcome back, everyone. We're back. We're back (laughs) home. I hate Zoom. I'm over Zoom. Yeah. I'm over COVID. I'm over everything. So coming back, it's it's a nice little achievement. Um, Before we know, we might not be in this room soon as well. True. True do. Good reasons. Mm. Not not second wave. We're not talking about that. Might have a new sort of space lined up, but that's top secret still. Nice. Um, We're joined today by a very special man. (laughs) Um, I don't want to say one of the most prolific brands in Australia, but I'll call it that. Wow, it is, yeah. And um, maybe you just want to introduce yourself. What's your role at Sushi? Um, So I started Sushi in 2015. Um, Started off as more of a creative outlet or just like a web store that I would throw things on. Um, but Chris Luffy, who's obviously got an office, like, you mean it that way? Um, he jumped on board after, like, um, a few months of doing it. And that's when it kind of, like, I guess a sense of partnership made it more of a thing yeah. or, like, a proper, proper thing to go after. It was a lot more motivating than just me doing it myself. Um, and we did, like, a solid like eight or nine like eight collections together um from i would say 2015 to 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 last year so and then since then i've done a couple of collections on my own beautiful um yeah sometimes even though it's your someone's baby like a project can be someone's baby mm. it's nice to have another pair of eyes to come in and be like oh no you should do it like that and then the motivating factor of that as well being like you know, it's easy to work when someone else is being giving you deadlines. For me, anyway, if someone's like, yeah. "We need this by Tuesday," it's like that's a lot easier than me telling myself I need it by yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, especially having someone that's a hundred percent transparent and honest with you. Mm. That'll come in and say that's trash. <laughs> it's it keeps you like kind of in check and yeah. go, okay, yeah, maybe I should have another go at it or whatever. Um, just want to start because obviously this is like a technically a dance program mm-hmm. um, but Sydney nonetheless and it's meant to be like a Sydney culture Sydney identity Sushi's a big part of that but because I've interviewed so many dance people that's a lot of where my following is mm-hmm. and I put the story up yesterday being like you know hey I've got I've got my boy Wes from Sushi coming <laughs> on tomorrow I'm um, just like to hype it up a little bit and I got you got so much love from the dance world wow especially um, the man the legend Jackson Fester oh wow oh. Um, so I just I don't know if you did if you wanted to comment on you have if you have any involvement in the scene in the dance um, in the weird world yeah like I've been I've been um, doing graphics for Moonshoe for like I guess since it started like he doing little jobs here and there like cover sleeves record covers um, party flyers that type of stuff um, I've probably made more flyers than I've been to myself but um <laughs> Yeah, it's been a lot of fun working with him. Yeah. Um, creatively, he's like, conceptually, he's, he's a genius. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's been fun kind of like trying to mind read what, what he's got inside him and trying to visualize it. But yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, very talented guy. Big <laughs> jacket. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there are a couple of elephants in the room we also have to address we have been through this crazy COVID period and despite mm. it, you still sort of did plow through the 10 collection. 
regardless of. Yeah, trying to. Yeah, trying to. <laughs> we got it off the ground and then maybe a bit of a pause now because there's been a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but how have you been personally? How do you think it's affected you creatively? Um, how's it been, you know, picking up a pen? Um, going back to the drawing board. It's been super unpredictable. Well, the whole year has kind of been like that from the bushfires. Mm. Um, and through COVID, through Black Lives Matter, it's it's just... It's been a huge roller coaster trying to figure out like mentally where I am positioned as a person and also as a brand. I think it's pushed me to reevaluate a lot of things and I don't know, it's kinda like it's made me question a lot of things, like um what do I want to achieve or like what 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 really matters to me or what should matter to me. Um it's been interesting like it's still it's probably a lot of questions that I should have already asked myself even before all, all everything that's happened this year but it's like kind of it's made me look at it like dead center and being like this is reality for a lot of people in the world what are you going to do about it like are you do you want to be I guess part of the problem or part of the solution type thing yeah exactly and yeah sometimes it takes that external sort of not pressure, but like an external, obvious, like yeah. light bulb being like, look, I'm flashing, like, what will you do in the face of it? And I think sometimes people, like when starting a creative outlet, I don't know, maybe maybe not so much for you, I don't know if you reflect on this too, where it's just like, creative people often just like, I've got this idea, I'm just gonna mm. do it, mm. see what happens, if it works, if it doesn't work, who cares? Without thinking of like, what's the ethos behind this, what's the value system mm-hmm. behind this and that sort of thing. So like, especially for me as well, I reflect on that. It's like, before all this stuff, I'm like, what is the actual purpose of, you know, doing an interview or yeah. have being a part of an editorial and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously there's like a big reverse mirror on community now. Yeah. Like anyway. And to sort of lean on that as well, um, coming from the music background for me, um, fashion is so similar, the way it intertwines with culture, mm-hmm. almost identical. And fashion culture right now is obviously taking a very big step up. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Brandon raising like yeah. close to a million dollars or something ridiculous. Um, all yourself is spreading awareness. Um, so I just want to think maybe for you critically or culturally, um, why do you think something like fashion is so integral to be attached to, say, social change or significant social movements? I think, um, I think because of what people wear, whether it's uniform like whether they have a choice or not or whether they choose to i don't it's just been so involved in in movements and revolutions in general i think whether it's like berets or like a graphic t-shirt it's it's always like something visually always i guess hits the nail on the head when you're trying to make a statement yeah um and i think it's a really important i guess way to spread message because so much of what you wear does come from a culture like it's it's almost hard to wear something that's not saying anything um you you can't be completely neutral it's like um yeah i think what was it what was your question (laughs) um yeah i think fashion's fashion's a big part of like big part of that for for that reason because similar to music it's like you can't just make a completely neutral 
song that's not coming from a certain angle. Yeah. I, I guess I know some people do do that, but maybe. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. There's um, always a like a cultural attachment to anything you do artistically. Yeah. Like whether it's using a certain beat on a hip hop song or using a certain art style on a t-shirt, it's like similar. Exactly. Because you're always going to interpret something that isn't yours and, you know, reinstate and revalidate it. hundred percent. That's, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously now Sushi is obviously extremely outspoken politically. Like, I mean, everyone's all for the Black Lives Matter movement, of course. Um, maybe, I don't know, I just want to give you the platform to just sort of talk about how black art maybe infiltrates Sushi mm-hmm. um, from your creative side of the process. When also, um, like... How did how did it feel having that responsibility to be like to be outspoken? Was it easy for you to just like start talking politically, or was it like did you have to think about how you're going to approach it first and all that sort of stuff? I think um, like growing up, it's always been, I guess, or especially American African like black culture has always been around what. I've been interested in as a kid, like growing up, being obsessed with the NBA, um, rap and hip hop. It's something that like I've always gravitated towards, but I've never really been knowledgeable on what that came from. Like as a kid, as a privileged kid and still as a privileged person, it, it hasn't, this information hasn't always been shoved in people's faces. It's been buried, buried for like centuries. Um, and slowly, I guess, growing up, I would get peaks of it here and there, documentaries, movies, um, speeches, and you kind of know it's there. But again, over time, it gets buried in deeper and deeper and it's only like little little flare-ups here and there you get exposed to it and I think after George Floyd I think people just really had enough like I think people just felt that um you know yeah although so late and so little this needs to get out and it it needs to be said and it needs to be heard and for me I just got to a point where, you know, it just, it, it felt wrong to not dig deeper and to learn about it and to educate yourself about it. And it's not, I don't really feel like I'm spreading a certain message or I feel like I'm giving a voice to anyone. I've just tried to sort of document what I've been trying to look into and what I've been trying to learn about. And I don't know if it, if it, um, encourages others to maybe dig deeper and just understand the world we live in a little better then I feel like that's beneficial in some way yeah of course beautiful and I feel like amplification is a really big thing right now um, of certain voices of certain opinions of certain ideas that often Mm. don't get the limelight because we like to like not we sorry but the world sometimes Mm. tends to suppress those ideas or suppress those ways of thought because it threatens what we know is the norm mm-hmm. and I feel like through like this weird social change we're going through now with COVID sort of I think COVID's sort of not frustrated people but it's made people think a lot harder about the world yeah and with the Black Lives Matter movement coming as a not as a consequence of that but almost from that sort of state of mind 
for sure. It's amplified it and it's made people think a lot harder about, you know. Well, what? it's almost like it's almost like if you, if you're forced to be indoors twenty four seven and every time you see a screen, this is what you're looking at. Mm. It's almost like the perfect environment to have that blowout. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Um, yeah, which I think, obviously, it happened accidentally, but like I think it has really been beneficial, if anything, for people to really not ignore it yeah. and to, to 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 learn about it. Exactly. Um. All right, they're the elephants in the room, mm-hmm. but we had to speak about them, and I'm sure it'll keep coming up all the way through. But um, let's take it back all the way to the start. What was the moment? Well, the early, mo- the earliest moments of sushi as a brand, or as whatever it was. Obviously, it was a creative outlet at the start. Mm-hmm. What was your like deep initial thinking of like that first sort of like? Oh, I should start. I this thing. honestly, I was, I was twenty four, twenty five at the time. Actually, no, I was twenty two, twenty three. Sorry. Um, I was, li- I was finishing uni last year of uni um, at Kofa and I just got really sick of myself being lazy and not doing anything um, and just never really applied myself to anything other than like playing basketball um, which didn't work out that well because I'm five foot seven but um, and it just I just felt like I need to really start doing something and force myself to do something and Obviously, being a graphic designer it, and being interested in clothing, always been interested. It was a natural sort of um, decision to just start making, putting graphics on t-shirts. Um, and it sort of just evolved from that. I didn't really like just one day sit down and go, I'm going to start a yeah. streetwear brand. <laughs> um, but it just kind of, I think the world at the time was starting, it, that was starting to pick up anyway. So I was just like, maybe I'll put this on a t-shirt yeah. or maybe I'll do that. Um, and it slowly kind of evolved into like a, a brand, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was never really, um, I think a lot of streetwear brands, back to what we were talking before, like there was already a culture or already a subculture or a person of importance to start with and then the merch is like based on that um which then becomes the brand but i think like with me starting it just solely based on what the what the graphic is or what the brand is um was a cool way to attack it because it kind of like forced me to think deeper about okay what what is it i want to say what what do I want to put out in the world um, and kind of reverse engineer that yeah. was um, was really interesting. Definitely. And and we're going to skip back and forth here now. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing it linear because it's okay. boring. Okay. Because I hear one thing you say <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to pounce on it. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people hate the word brand. I'm starting mm-hmm. a brand. I'm starting a streetwear t-shirt, like the whole t-shirt brand, yeah. sort of critique and that sort of thing. How would you categorize sushi? Would it be a community organization, a brand, fashion? I would say, I would probably still now say it's a creative outlet. Like, I don't know if, if it is a brand because like if someone walked up to me and go, okay, what is sushi about as a brand? I can't really 
sit down and say it's about this this and yeah. that it's it, i haven't really sat down and nailed it to like a list of keywords yeah. it's sort of just what i'm driven by either conceptually or graphically aesthetically and what i think would be a solid idea to put out into yeah. the world it's not really like um i i can't write like a brand <laughs> Bio. like bio yeah. about it it's like I, I've tried to it's yeah. like I've gone on my website and go oh, I should probably make an about page and I sit down like it's just it is like it's just what it yeah. it's on the site like I think there's um, a beauty in the ambiguity of something like that like, yeah I mean my friends talk a lot about pelvis and yeah how, yeah and it's just like what the hell is this like no one really knows it's like there's some cool t-shirts or some cool parties but like yeah. who's pelvis what's yeah. pelvis like who like what is going on and yeah. I feel like sushi sort of also taps into that where it's just like with one word it can mean so much and have so yeah. much not just clothing wise but just like there's definitely a culture attached to sushi that's just yeah. sushi like no one even knows what it is well I like I, I've always thought like okay if you, if you want to go out and make graphic tees how deep are you going to get? Yeah, like exactly. how it's, it's a t-shirt and it's like, if you are, if you are um, concentrating on a specific topic or a specific message for one thing, then put the focal point on that one thing when you release it. Don't, there's no overarching, like, you know, how, exactly. how important are you going to try and be? Yeah. Like, um, not to like throw a shade on anyone else, but I'm just, yeah. Um, so I'd rather like, I'd rather just, you know, go out, make fun graphics. And then if I choose, if I feel like there's something that needs to be said about a certain thing or something I really want to throw out, then just put the focal point on that. And like, this might be a bit controversial to say, Mm -hmm. but I feel like um, for some people to see that so publicly is would be like what golfing was earlier. Where it's just like, it was never... There was no clear graphic direction or anything. It was just like Tyler liked this font, so he put it on a t-shirt and put yeah. it out. And then sort of it's evolved to be like a lot more higher fashion and that sort of thing. It's changed mm-hmm. heaps, and it feels like now it's got like that overarching sort of vibe. But early on, it was very much just like whatever this person thinks is cool, he'll put it, mm-hmm. on, he'll put it on this, put it out, and that sort of thing. Where it wasn't necessarily merchandise for an influencer; it was its own sort of separate thing. Right. That was attached to this person's brain, mm-hmm. which is sort of cool. But yeah, I could have a two-hour conversation—the <laughs> rise and fall of golf. Playing. Of golf, play, yeah. <laughs> um, shit, amazing. I'm gonna be—you don't even have to answer this question if you don't want it, because I'm gonna be—I've been doing journalism for so long, right? You know, so much about this, and this is the devil's question. Oh, throw it out. Because my mum asks me this every single day. I wear a sushi thing as well. Okay. Where does the name come from? Why is okay. it sushi? With a hate. God, I've just been <laughs> dying to. Every, you think you get it asked every day? <laughs> Boy, okay. Wait, so, get the timestamp. This needs okay. to be 2158. <laughs> 22 minutes. Listen yeah. up. Okay. Why the hell is it called sushi? What is that? This is going to be underwhelming for a lot of people, yeah. I know, but at least it's out there. I started. I started my creative outlet as an online store to put out, you know, t-shirts, prints, posters, or whatever else I, like, intend to put on. And the original name I had was Pseudonym Store. 
So it was like this anonymous, mysterious, uh, yeah. And then everyone, everyone sees me put put on social media, and they're like, "Oh, what's what's uh what's pseudonym store? What's what's that?" And I'm like, "Okay, so you know pseudonym?" And they're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Why don't people know the word?" Pseudonym? I know it's like suit like a pseudonym, like yeah. an alias, but I, it became like really hard to explain to people. I'm just like, I thought people would know what a pseudonym yeah. is. I don't know, it's weird. And they didn't know how to spell it. So oh, I'm just like, God. okay, this is like, it, this is a bit of a roadblock in, in like trying to get people yeah. onto yeah. that thing because they're just like completely backfired. They're just you like, what the hell is this? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I better like shorten this thing so people can bloody spell it. I was eating sushi at the time. So <laughs> I was just like, fuck it, sushi. That's right. Um, but then, do you ever like come up with an idea and you don't really have a reason for it? And then later on, you yeah. kind of it makes sense. justify it. Yeah. Um, it like becomes clear yeah. and you try and claim that as the original yeah. idea. So the, the second idea that came to me <laughs> was like being, um, being like an Australian born Asian person. Mm. People have often called me like, um, like a banana or like yeah, I don't know, it's probably like racial. Anyway, um, just but racist. yeah, <laughs> just just outright racist. Yeah. But, um, but like the word sushi and like mixing it with pseudo, yeah, kind of like aligned yeah. somehow like a fake. I don't know. But that was that was another layer to it. But any, I don't even know if that made sense or if people have been looking for for this answer. Yeah. But there it is as well. Not to get all deep. Yeah. But like if you imagine some mum in Rose Bay in like 1980, mm-hmm. rich, and you like spell the word sushi, there's a chance they'll spell it like that. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like there's a layer to that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe that's it's yeah. deep. I don't know, 22 year old me was onto something. Yeah, it always sort of happens like that though, where it's just like some bullshit. Mm. And then if the word looks cool, it sticks. And it's almost better when there's no deep emotional attachment to it. Yeah. I think. Because it lives in its own world. Whereas like if you make it like something pretty common or something that like mm. is obviously attached to you, which is yeah. a big mistake I've made with this one. <laughs> it it yeah. loses that sort of like identity yeah. and like just by it being by itself its own entity it's a big commitment really cool. like yeah. you like um try and think of a word or name and know that it will be good for mm-hmm. five or ten years yeah. it's like it's pretty hard at the same time though i think it might it might be overrated where it's like you could like i think if you made a sushi t-shirt mm. with another word that was just as pretty to look at do you think that it would still be the same brand or do you think the well, letters P-S-E-S-H-I actually mean something to people I think it's hard to tell whether it's a risk or whether it's just like it, it would have worked anyway because the yeah. brand exists outside of just the word I, I think as long as it's not a shit name yeah it, Facts. if it doesn't like just age terribly bad it will do fine as long as your brand yeah. that you construct around it is good definitely um but I don't know. Yeah. All right. Now we're actually getting a bit more. <laughs> that was an excellent. Um, oh. I think my first interaction with sushi was downstairs next door. Oh, when you had that little. Pop-up. Oh, down in the um, space next yeah. door. Yeah. When you had that little pop up thing. Mm-hmm. Frank Strong. Yeah. That was a good night. Chaos night. They yeah. Just, they're giving it for free. I'm like, sure. Oh, dude. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
yeah, I think that was my first interaction with it, as in seeing it in a physical space, mm-hmm. not just online or on Instagram and that sort of thing. And there was like, there's definitely a communal aspect to sushi, um, just in the way that you got it in people's hands or people's eyes, and yeah. that sort of thing, with like attaching it to certain brands or communities. Like, I reckon Triple One official merch, like if you're wearing a sushi t shirt to a Triple One concert, it's like, that's pretty much merch. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just want to, like, what was the initial strategy? like marketing wise strategy wise for sushi getting it started and going from a creative outlet online to making sure that there was high visibility for it you know getting it to the right people getting the right sort of positioning and sphere honestly in terms of like strategizing and marketing i that's probably the the most um the biggest thing i've learned through doing the brand like to start it i really I knew nothing about it. Like I couldn't even, I can tell you the second thing about like marketing or strategy. I didn't even know what it was. I just wanted to put graphics out there. But then through like, through, you know, trying to build a brand and trying to seeing what other people do, I've realized that making graphics or designing the thing is probably like 10, 20% of it. Mm. And you have to put in groundwork around the brand to make sure it even gets out and people even see it because like I know there's there's probably hundreds and thousands of kids out there that do make really 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 cool shit but they can't get it out there because of the other 80% of of stuff that you have to do around Mm -hmm. the brand which is sometimes sucks but it is reality I guess and and the pop-ups are like a big part of that I think um I think it's it's definitely like it takes it it brings it into the real world when when you throw something in a space and people can engage with other yeah. people that are into it or like the people that made it but it was definitely like pretty nerve-wracking every time I did it like I am the sort of person that have like terribly anxiety even throwing myself like a birthday party which yeah. is like why I never really do it and like having to do it for like your brand or business and thinking what if like five people turn up it's like really nerve-wracking um but like the people in sydney have just shown me so much more support than i could ever expect and it's just every every single pop-up i'm just like wow like these people just come and like drink lemon beer and like (laughs) (laughs) buy t-shirts it's crazy like Um, yeah small really small side track are you from sydney where'd you grow up okay so i was born in brisbane in 1992 and oh god people think damn he's old (laughs) (laughs) and my family moved back to taiwan when i was like one so i barely spent any time there and then i lived the next nine years of my life in taiwan taipei taiwan and moved back to Brisbane when I was nine mm-hmm. with my family. Finished high school there in 2009 and moved to Sydney for uni. Right, amazing. So, right. well, this, I want to, yeah. There's so much going yeah. on. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. So, where were we? Oh yeah, so, oh yeah, I wanted to ask, I was gonna ask this maybe a bit later, but we're on the thing now. Obviously there's the other 80% of starting yeah. a brand. Um, maybe a bit more lighthearted. Like, what's one of those things in that eighty percent that is just 
hell whether it's like you know packing everything or like man just the it's, one thing outside of the designing and the t-shirts that just is like the biggest nuisance pain in the ass thing to do i can't really like pinpoint a certain um thing it's if i could grab one thing out of it it's probably like i don't know having to work with assholes like dom upstairs and trying to figure it out <laughs> no, i think i think um anyway shout out to dom yeah great shoot with chris luffy thank you appreciate it yeah that was that was really fun but yeah. i don't know to be honest like some of the some of the things i just like never really even thought that existed and you yeah. have to do is like customer service and oh. like right it's like people like sorry i didn't put my unit number on uh, yeah. my package is going back to you and i'm just like really yeah. like write your address properly like oh. why is your zip code wrong or like i don't know um something else would maybe be like oh god i'm gonna go on a big rant now but this is the, this is the platform for you to just yeah let go oh every single piece of angst you've had for i guess you can cut this out if you want to no but, wait um, no edits no edits oh <laughs> shit okay um it's like I a therapy session just let it out yeah <laughs> mate oh, okay <laughs> i don't know like just things like carrying like a hundred parcels in a box and wheeling it down crowd street in like 30 degrees heat that always sucks um just stuff like stuff oh okay think think about if you had an intern right now yeah and the stuff that you would make yeah. them do, oh, all the best, all stuff. that shit, and I've got some dodgy internships, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. It's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember yeah, one of my things was we did our first t-shirt run. Oh my gosh, shouldn't be too hard to pack twenty t-shirts. I remember just my man killing me. It's Stop terrible. Me taking photos of every leg. Yeah. Oh, it was just. Hell. Like the Ozpo's tracking number. Oh, don't even get me It's like that. putting it in manual. Oh man, like, I'm like cross-eyed by the end of it. My it's like up, yeah, just like doing it on my bed as well. So just standing up like this. Just like, it's terrible. Oh, like it's it, it's always like a um, mixed feeling when you have a release and it goes well and you're like, oh that's mad, but you're thinking about the hundred parcels you've got to pack tomorrow and you're like. This is what I gotta do, I guess. Your um, your turnaround's really quick as well in terms of purchase, shipping number. Mm. There's a work ethic there. I try. I really try. That's a big compliment. Um. Yeah, I That's mean, because right. <laughs> I know I value that when I yeah. buy something. I want it like yeah, I, want, I really want it. But especially yeah. in a day and age, that get to get a bit deeper. There's a big pre-order culture mm. now, where it's like if you buy a t-shirt, even from a, like the US or whatever anywhere I don't know in my, internally I'm like two three weeks minimum mm-hmm. because of how many people just do pre-orders just mass pre-orders yeah and stuff like that but so it's nice to have the parcel two days later be like what like it'd almost be a surprise right and you get it straight on where it's like you see the lookbook release and it's like yeah. all of a sudden it's in your hands like wow that's crazy and it just adds to like the attachment you have to the brand in my opinion mm. um Another thing, another really interesting thing that I've noticed is when with the hoodie I've got the one with the that one. Oh yeah, the Ava um, hoodie, yeah. I noticed that when you first posted the design for that, it was like close to a year ago. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd comment Oh, wow, you've been keeping an eye on it. Yeah, because I, I was just scrolling back last night being like, what's going on? And I saw it, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the one I've got. And I commented on it, tagged my mate, being like, this is hard. And yeah. they're buying it like a year later. So you do tease the designs out a lot, you know, progressively and that sort of thing. And I just want to wonder, like, where does the process of a collection start? Like, do you categorize them by the time you design it? Or is it more like you have all these ideas and you sort of just bunch them together and see what works for it? Um, it really depends. I think some graphics will spur out of, um, obviously, like, that one comes from an anime I saw. Yeah. It's like some, because they're all based on certain things that make, I guess, an impactful moment in my brain and sometimes as that happens when it's fresh I'll I'll put an idea down or it'll grow into something but it might not be the best time or it might not be the best collection to have that thing out yeah so sometimes um, something will live in my brain or on my computer for a year or two before that moment comes yeah um, but yeah, sometimes it's just about seeing what, for me, it's just about seeing like what fits and at that time and what fits visually, what fits conceptually. Yeah. Um, it can vary a lot, I guess. Amazing. Um, also, I wanted to, and I saw like, I'm, I love Jay-Z so much. Mm. Like, just like, this, this, that run of like, yeah. you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, hold you down three summers, uh, Jay-Z. Um, and obviously the in, like the Von Dutch tea with the sushi tea, and I've got a really funny story about the devil on that tea, but I'll tell after I ask this right. question. Right. Okay. Um, how often are you inspired by? Because obviously Jay Z comes from music, and like from your conversation today, it's like obviously yeah. quite intertwined with like hip hop culture and just music culture generally. Mm-hmm. How often are you inspired visually by things that aren't visual, so like by music, by nature, by? I would know, say like. I try and bring up that percentage um, as much as I can, yeah. whether it's like 60 or 70%, whether it's movies, documentaries, or like books I've read or um, memories I've had. Mm. Because when, I take, when I'm looking at something visually, a lot of the times that's already someone's interpretation of a thing mm. that happened to them. So it's like, it's hard to like just jump on a thing and keep diluting it and yeah. call it my own when um, when I, I should probably should be going back to the source and find and do something original to start with but sometimes you just see a graphic and you're like that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was that was the case for yeah. the, the Von Dutch tea like I think it came, he was wearing that tee in um, like a documentary or a video the with Black Rick Rubin. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think he was doing 99 problems in that tee. And I was just like, that's so sick. Crazy. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Even the colorway, I was like, yeah. I can't even change the yeah. color yeah. because it's just like done. Like yeah. it, yeah. Big move. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, funniest story. The way that devil is walking with the mm-hmm. thing over his shoulder, and, like, it's the cr- this is one of the craziest coincidences I've seen. Right. My mate, Pat, shout out Pat, drew 
something like almost identical. Oh no! With them, but oh, holding no. a mushroom. We yeah. had, like, this about mushrooms. Okay. And he was holding a mushroom, and then like we just had it on his computer, and then right. we saw the teacher come out, and we're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah. It's just like oh, oh it was like. Anyway, That's it's just shame. like a it's just like a funny coincidence where it happened. That sucks. And it's so it's it's crazy how similar it is like in just like the angle it's walking and Damn. how it's holding the mushroom. I mean, like, this comes back to so that like that devil. Yeah. I obviously didn't draw it from scratch. Like so many people have referenced yeah. that that character, and it's like because people are so right now people are in like so aligned on things and in what they take inspiration from. It's inevitable that yeah. people are gonna arrive at similar points <laughs> yeah. in their creative journeys, and I'll be the first to say, what I make is not unique. Yeah. Like, especially if it's merch for for a, the same subculture that you're, you feel like you're a part of, and unless you're the one that like started a movement or like mm. a culture, don't try and claim shit yeah. as yours. Like you're just a part of it or a participant like everyone else yeah just acknowledge the culture that you're yeah. in and the people that started it instead of feeling like you i don't know started streetwear or some shit yeah. it's like yeah i am but i do have yeah <laughs> come on dude. did you catch the um all good if you haven't the i don't know your thoughts on virgil mm. but um the um, Pop Smoke artwork he did this morning that came oh, out. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an I saw that. I did see that. Everyone's clowning him. They, they, the internet can clown him. We don't need to clown him enough. Like, I don't even know what to think of Virgil anymore because I have... I've watched lectures from him and I've, I've listened to interviews that he's given out, stuff that he said, and... I'm constantly going between, oh, wow, this guy's really intelligent. I like the way he thinks conceptually. He's got some real knowledge to offer. <clears throat> and he'll just do something that's just like... he'll. It doesn't align. It feels like... I don't know, maybe you, like, you agree as well. Where it's like the things he says and the things he stands for. Yeah. And then you look at an off-white t-shirt and you're like... That's the thing. Some... That feels like this, it feels like there's a disconnect. When I've defended Virgil in the past, <laughs> I've said, I like Virgil Abloh as a person, and he, I think he's really smart, blah, blah, but the shit he makes, <laughs> I can't really back it. Damn, we, we burned the sushi Virgil club. Man, fuck uh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I feel like, um, yeah, I think it's super interesting how sushi has sort of not become... Because I know you'd, you'd hate hearing this, but like it's become like the unofficial, maybe Sydney sort of inner west culture rap. Oh, I definitely of, wouldn't say that. Yeah, but, I feel yeah. like it's, but it's it's a part of that culture, not deliberately, but just because people creatively in that world might think similarly to you in that world, mm. and because of that, you know, Venn diagram of values, say, it, it's sort of a line like that, and you see it so much in all like a lot of the most successful Australian bands. Like you think of Perks and Mini. Mm. and like how integral they are to a dance culture yeah um, by coincidence as well really because the stuff that graphically dance people like they're the stuff that they happen to be making so it's like oh we may as well just buy those clothes so I think it's yeah. really interesting how sushi as well is sort of intertwined with those underground music cultures whether hip hop or dance as well because I see so much sushi at dancers too that's crazy yeah so I think it's super cool I've always um, it's not it's something that I've like tried to do mm-hmm. But obviously being mentioned next to 
places like Pam and like brand stock to supply or whatever it's it's um, or being seen in the same context as that is mm. makes me like it makes it feel worth it I guess yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> um, another question as well might be a bit selfish in asking this but right. I don't care okay. what were some of the early sort of pitfalls you fell in with sushi some like not mis- not regrets but maybe some mistakes you made some big mistakes you made that you learned from early on that you sort of um, you know held on to till now I don't know. I think I think there's been some big ones that's like you over um here's a big one. So like sometimes I guess a lot of people feel the same thing whereas their creative outlet might be music or film or um something that's like consumer facing. You might reach a point where, like, you really, you really want to do something conceptually, but you're like, oh, man, maybe people won't get that, or maybe they won't um, care enough to go deeper, so I'll just sell out and make this thing. But I've learned that people do give a shit, mm. and, like, they can tell very easily when you haven't tried and when you've just put something out there without thinking that deep about it, mm. or, like, people do do care because that's the first reason why they're looking at stuff that you make anyway they they haven't just stumbled upon it and followed you on this journey for nothing it's like people want to spend their hard-earned money on something that they want to care about Um, and I've made some like really lazy stuff in the past thinking that like oh people just want to show that sushi on it it'll be you know this will sell gang boss yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i think that's that's been really like um humbling to know like you'll never be at a point where like you won't have to try yeah um and i think that's a really good thing if anything it was like encouraging because it like confirmed the feeling of like people are looking closely at what you do so you better like try just as hard yeah. if not harder than the day you started it yeah um yeah amazing that's i think exactly. that's a good lesson yeah, that's exactly <laughs> um shit we've been going for 40 minutes how long do they usually usually this length this yeah length. okay um this last question everyone hates this question right. i have to ask it you have to like neck nominate someone oh, shit. to come on parry talk someone that you think story would be cool to hear mm-hmm. someone that just deserves the platform, deserves to speak their mind. Man, I think one name comes to mind. Um, he's been a huge part of what I do, and he hates being on camera as well. So I'm just going to put it out there. Big boy, Chris Luffy. Big man. You don't have to go very far. He's probably like right there. So <laughs> I'll just go get him now. But yeah, I'll actually, yeah, I'll just go put him on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he'll have very, uh, very unique stories on what his perspective is because mm-hmm. he ha- obviously you know he has his fingers in a lot of different um, parts. So I think he's got a very unique perspective on on what he's. He's also just hundred percent about Sydney. Yeah, he's dedicated like so much time and effort in Sydney. So I think it'll be interesting. Amazing. Yeah. 
Parry Talks, first episode back. Big mood. Top of the description will be that Google Excel sheet still of all the black artists you can support on Bandcamp. Mm. Bandcamp are waiving their fees every first Friday of the month. So whenever that happens, go support those artists. Um, if you're watching on, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, just go to my Instagram. It'll be in my bio. Um, Wes, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Also, it's been fun. If there's ever a sushi party in the future, sushi whatever, sushi event, sushi. Oh, blah, there blah, will, there will be one. And if you find me there, I'll buy you two drinks straight away. And you quote this episode. I don't drink though. I oh, know, not you. I support. <laughs> I support. <laughs> you can still buy me. I'll um, buy you. I'll be Coke Cola or something. Pepsi Max or Coke. Definitely Coke. I. You're a sinner. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst take on this whole episode. Oh jeez. Harry talks. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.